Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana's own Dana Black, coming to you live. Yes, all the way live from Black World Studios, where we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Y'all, I had a good time in Little Rock, other than, you know, I, it took me two days to get home. Okay, so I'm just a little upset about the weather in Atlanta last week. I mean, it was like a storm system that just sat on top of Atlanta and it wouldn't let go. So I couldn't fly into Atlanta to leave Little Rock to get to Indianapolis, missed my flight, had to stay an extra night. Then they flew me up to LaGuardia, got to LaGuardia. They canceled my flight back to Indianapolis. I'm telling you, I was not a happy girl. I had to fly down to Louisville and take a car, rent a car and drive home. That's how crazy getting home was. Obviously, getting to Little Rock was no issue. But getting home was a hot mess. But Indiana's own Dana Black is back. And look, y'all, we are a week out from IDEA. If you don't know what this is all about, this is a place for Democrats to get together and learn how to run better campaigns, be better volunteers, all the good stuff, all the candidates coming together. So if you haven't already bought some tickets or decided to come down and hang out with the Democrats in French Lake, get your tickets. I promise you it is absolutely a dang good time celebrating who we are as Democrats, that last party, right, before we hit the nitty gritty and buckle down for that final push for the election season, you know? And you know what? I got to give a shout out to Ohio. Come on, y'all. Give it up to Ohio. 63%, voted no on changing the rules on how to get ballot initiatives on. Listen, I, we can't have ballot initiatives. We don't ha they're not constitutionally recognized in the state of Indiana. So unfortunately, Hoosiers will never be able to, unless we change the Constitution, have direct impact in policy. But in Ohio, they can. And, yo, Republicans got their behinds handed to them over in Ohio. But my leader, because, you know, he understands the situation as it is. Our leader, Phil Giaguinta, representative said, this decision was a win for Ohioans, a win for women and a win for families in the Buckeye State, Ohio and the six other states where citizens are granted the right to decide the fate of abortion in the state at the ballot box are further proof that Republican anti-choice policies are not popular among the vast majority of Americans. Last summer, our caucus fought to give this same power to Hoosiers and House Republicans rejected it. They rejected this amendment simply because they know what we've all long known that Hoosiers, like the majority of Americans, believe that the decision to receive an abortion is best left up to a woman and her family and health care providers. As Democrats continue to fight for women's right to control her body and own her own destiny, I hope the outcome in this Ohio special election is a reminder to Republicans across the nation that their anti-choice, anti-science policies cannot withstand the will of the American people. Y'all, I'm just saying, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Now, I do wish that we could have a ballot initiative in, in Indiana. I do believe that we would come out on top, not just on abortion rights, but, but legalizing cannabis and a whole host of other issues that we would like to fight for. But the one thing that we can do is that we can show up to the polls, show up to the ballot box, and make sure our voices are heard. I'm telling you, yes, there's 92 counties. But the vast majority of, of humans are only in a handful of counties. We need everybody to turn out. I'm not saying that we ignore rural Indiana. I am not saying that not one bit. But what I am saying is that the people in these populated places, if we show up to the polls, anything can happen. I just want you to put your Zen hats on and go back to November 2008. When Indiana turned blue, we can do this. All we have to do is show up. And I tell you where we need to be showing up more than anywhere else is next year when we have an attorney general on the ballot. You know, that fool, I mean, <clears throat> the attorney general, Ty Rakita, oh man, he has been putting his foot all in his mouth 
over the last three and a half, four years, however long he's been in his office. He has been just wasting our money. He's been going down to the border. I'm sorry, Indiana's borders are Kentucky, Ohio, Illinois, and Michigan. We don't, we're not on the Mexican border. So the fact that you are sending our tax dollars, using our tax dollars to go down to the Mexican border is problematic. The fact that you have not been focusing in on what needs to be happening here in Indiana is a problem. But what you will not do is have a press conference and talk about parental rights and not talk about all parents. So, you know, he had a press conference this week talking about his parental parents' bill of rights. And there are a few things that he wanted to highlight, like, you know, parents' access to school boards. Well, I don't know if you've seen what's happening in Hamilton County, and my guest tonight will probably chime in because she's, I can tell she's fired up about life, but I don't know if all parents should be on school boards. They're banning books. Anybody believes that banning books is a good thing? It's, got, it's problematic, and they haven't read a book on how bad banning books can be. And oh, by the way, it doesn't actually solve anything. I mean, my goodness, all you're doing is making things worse. Or how about the Texas governor who decided that they wanted to turn Houston school libraries into detention centers? Yeah, that's a thing in Houston. Crazy, crazy talk about letting some people into school board meetings or on school boards. But my thing is this. Tom Rikita ain't really down for all parents. Oh, no, 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 no. In his press conference, the Indiana uh, Capital Chronicle reports, Indiana Attorney General Tom Rikita released a fourth edition of his Parents' Bill of Rights document on Tuesday, outlining what Hoosier parents can do to oversee and participate in the part of our children's education that occurs outside of the home. Other questions chosen by Rakita's team were more confrontational, including one question, his questioning his participation in a letter condemning Target for LGBTQ plus display and asking what his office was doing to protect parents with transgender children. <laughs> in response to an off-topic question about abortion, Rakita said his office is prepared to defend the state's pro-life. And being a warrior for the culture war, we have to love them, both the mother and the unborn child. But his answer to the transgender question was, well, I think that, well... I know what we do is make sure that it doesn't matter if you're transgender or not. Frankly, it's uh, all children have the same rights. And uh, even more important than that, all parents have the same rights. And that's how we approach everything that we do. Huh? When asked what the office would do in light of federal court ruling to uh, partially block the law restricting minor access to gender-affirming care, Rakita seemed to contradict himself and said, we're going to fight for the rights of parents to handle this upbringing of their children, not government, not in schools. Bro, you're contradicting yourself. You're not looking out for our parents because you literally just signed a letter with other AGs asking if you can get the private HIPAA protected medical records of parent women who seek reproductive health care in another state and those parents who are seeking uh, gender affirming care in other states since we can't get it here in Indiana. You literally are trying to violate people's private lives, their private medical history, their private medical records so that you can possibly prosecute them back in Indiana. You're not looking out for all people. Guys, I need a solid quality, and I have one in mind, attorney who has passed the bar to consider getting themselves on the ballot to run for attorney general next year. Think about it. You won't be wasting money on frivolous lawsuits. I mean, we personally fund with our tax dollars the ACLU of Indiana. I'm not even mad about it because they keep fighting for us. But wouldn't you rather see those tax dollars go into something like, I don't know, making sure that teachers don't have to, like, you know, drive for Uber at, after their, their, their day job is over or that they can have supplies in the classroom? Or how about textbooks being free? Not the ones that they're shipping out of Florida, though, because they want to talk about, you know, they got history and slavery all messed up. So we don't want the, the Florida textbooks, but make free textbooks for people. 
That's what we could be using those tax dollars for. But unfortunately, we have to fight frivolous lawsuits uh, every time Tyra Keita finds out that somebody wants to do something they want to do personally to their body. Think about that. Y'all, we got to change some things. We can't have ballot initiatives in Indiana like they do in Ohio. And I congratulate Ohio for pushing out and turning away their Republican Party's power grab. And they were like, no, no, no. You just wasted $20 million because that's not going to happen. We want to keep things as they are. And pretty soon, Ohio, in November, it's on the ballot to codify women's reproductive rights in Ohio. So at least on our left and right, east and west, Illinois and Ohio, women will be able, and Michigan, women will be able to have reproductive freedom. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Kentucky did the same thing. So literally, we on an island in Indiana. All four corners are covered. Hopefully there's an organization in Indiana that will start raising money. So if a woman needs some assistance in traveling and uh, hotel accommodations, we'll have a nonprofit organization right here in Indiana that will help those women go to one of those four states surrounding us. Right? All right, that's my rant for tonight. You know, I got to let y'all hear from my amazing, amazing sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bohm's Unique Boutique. Click on the QR code. And for all Turn Left listeners, you can get a 10% discount on your order by using the code DEMOCRAT. Be sure to visit www.bohmsuniqueboutique.com. All right, all right. And always, Black Pearl Studios is here for you guys to help you with your digital content. My prices are affordable. If you need some online material, you want to get your message out, you get into the crunch line. So if you want uh, some videos or if you're hosting an event, you need an MC, you need a public speaker, hit me up, scan the QR code. I'm always available, well, not always available, but get on my calendar so we can make things pop. And you know, I'm the, the, the best hype woman in the entire state. So why wouldn't you want to hire me to come hype your event? All right, scan the QR code, Indiana's all day in the black, Black Pearl Studios. I'm here for all of your digital needs. All right. Right. Now I'm excited. Guys, you remember how we used to say that there was nobody ever going to win anything up in Hamilton County and Hamilton County was red, 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 red. Not no more. Not no more. My neighbors to the north are kicking but they are taking names. And I don't mean just in Carmel, but I mean in Noblesville and in Fishers and also in Westfield. All the cities in Hamilton County, shout out to Dana Colbert, who is the Hamilton County Party Chair, who has been filling her slate and recruiting candidates. Shout out to Cynthia Johnson, who is the 5th District Chair. She is taking names and kicking butt. And she, they do it so cool, too. They are some of the, two of the coolest laid-back women you will ever ever meet, but they get the job done. So I'm super excited that Hamilton County is represented tonight and on my show running for Westfield City Council District 4, Alexis Lowry. Alexis, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's it going? What you been doing today? Canvassing. <laughs> I love hearing. See, I already kind of knew that. We talked a little earlier today and she was talking about she was out canvassing and I love that. How's How has the campaign gone for you so far? It's gone really, really well. Um, I've switched things up a little bit, um, you know, ruffling feathers, I, I love <laughs> doing it. things, doing things outside of the ordinary. Um, but the ordinary hasn't been working Come on. around here. Come on. And, um, I don't know. I like to blaze new trails. I don't like to follow. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I like someone who just thinks outside the box because that's how we get things done. So tell yeah. people who you are and where you come from. Well, I'm Alexis Lowry, and I come from Westfield, Indiana, born and raised. Um, I keep wanting to turn that into a song. Like, okay. You know, Westfield, Indiana, born and raised on the soccer field is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> come on now with your fresh friends. <laughs> Every time I say that, I'm like, I want to keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't officially turned it into a song, but maybe maybe I'll do something and we'll release it on on election. Night. Right. We can <laughs> we can release it on turn left. That's what I'm just saying. We just, you know, we do it like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so anyway, I was born and raised in Westfield. It was a very small farm town community, uh, 2,500 people roughly when I was born and now we're pushing 60,000. So, so grown a lot. I think between like 2000 and 2021, we grew like 227%. Oh my. Uh, yeah. So fastest growing community in the United States or one of them, or it might be the fastest. Um, it's fast anyway. So I grew up in Westfield, um, ran around town like normal kids back then. Like I was never at home. I was just always eating dinner with somebody else and lived on the soccer field. Um, I, since I was three, I've played soccer. I still play soccer as an adult on the adult recreational league. I coach, I've coached for the last 17 years, rec soccer, my nieces, my nephews, all my kids, foster kids, all of them. I think the first thing like I really did that was like outside of the status quo was probably way back then. I think it was like eight, eight or nine. And I was a really good soccer player. Okay. And so uh, somebody had said I should try out for the travel team. And there was no travel team for girls. So I just tried out for the guys team and I made it. And I continued being the only girl playing on an all boys Come soccer on. team for like for 10 years <laughs> until it. we finally got the girls team. Um, so, so that was literally like my childhood, like Girl Scouts and soccer. That was it. And then I went to college, IU, Bloomington, and met my husband. And that was pretty much love at first sight. And we got married right out of college. And a few years into marriage, we were like, well, this whole like pregnancy thing isn't really happening naturally. Okay. Um, so fast forward 10 years and 13 miscarriages uh, and a cancer what? scare and a hysterectomy. Whoa, <laughs> um, whoa, wait, <laughs> whoa, stop, stop. Wow, sis, that's a yeah. lot. Life's been interesting. <laughs> wow, it doesn't go okay, we gotta, we gotta pause because that's that's deep. Let's talk talk about just a little bit what helped you get through all of that cuz that that's a lot. I am an insanely optimistic glass and not even glass half full. Like if if you're if a normal person's glass is half full, like mine's like overflowing and like spilling on the floor. Um so honestly like it it my uterus never worked. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it never my mom and my sister took my hysterectomy a lot harder than I did because I'd done I'd done like 10 rounds of IVF um, and they weren't ready because their uterus worked. Mm -hmm. They weren't ready for me to mm -hmm. to have the hysterectomy. And I made the decision really, really quick. Uh, be, I, I was doing about to do my 11th round of IVF and we had been foster parents for like a month. So we had our we had our first kiddos. And they'd been with us for about 30 days. We were about to do our final and last transfer using an egg donor for the first time that's gotten like every parent that she's donated her eggs to pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had like these really, really good eggs finally gave up on my own. And they saw something suspicious and was like, you know, you either need to have a hysterectomy, that's my recommendation, or we could do this experimental drugs type thing and it'll really affect your mood and your husband won't recognize who you are. It'll be awful and there's no guarantee it'll work. Right. Or you have a hysterectomy. Right. And I was just like, let's just do the hysterectomy. And everybody was like, whoa, like you can't make it that decision that quickly. And I was like, I'm, you know, I just wanted to be a mom. Um, and at the time, I had just gotten these kids and I know I'd only known them 30 days, but they'd already lost one mom. Yeah. 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 They'd already lost multiple moms. And I was like, I just, I've been trying to be a mom for so long. Yeah. I finally have kids. I can't selfishly keep doing this when it's not working for a reason. Let's just, just take Let it out it so we can move on with our lives. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did. So we had a hysterectomy and, and now, and, and, and we ended up adopting those two kids. It was our first sibling set that we adopted. Uh, and we've fostered 13 now. And we're in the process Whoa. of adopting our fifth. Um, so I don't know. I think every, everything, you can say everything happens for a reason now that I'm on the other side of it. If you told me that in the process, I would punch you in your face. Right, right. Well, can I just say that I'm an adopted child and how thankful I am that you, you know, didn't, you didn't stay in your pain. That, and that you decided to give love no matter what. You started with love because you wanted to have a kid with your with your husband. Didn't quite work mm -hmm. out, but you still wanted to give that love. So th those children 
are the, the recipients of you saying, I just want to love. Oh, my God. That is like one of the most amazing stories that I have uh -huh. ever heard on this show. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that, because there's someone who needs to hear that there is life um, after major disappointment like that. And how, OK, oh, yeah. so you said you fostered 13, but you've adopted a set of siblings. Are you planning to yeah. adopt more or? Um. Well, we were never really planning on adopting any, not that we were against adoption. We were always open to that if that's what came to it. But I just firmly believe that the point of foster care is reunification. Okay. So I always do anything and everything in my power to make sure that I am an advocate for the biological parents and the kids. And if that's healthy and good and they get their stuff and they're ready, um, I'm, I'm the adult. So I can handle the heartache mm -hmm. at the end of the day. I don't ever want to be a reason that I, I was, a, I was kept somebody from their natural. Yeah, absolutely. I got you. If that's an option. I got you. Um, and so we were never really planning on adopting. And so we did, um, we did sibling groups. Okay. It's kind of complicated. It's just difficult because you also have to fill out the paperwork and like what kind of kid you want, where you can be like, I want to only a girl under the age of two with blonde hair and blue eyes. Like you can be really specific. Right. And that felt really selfish too, because mm -hmm. again, I just wanted to be a mom and be yeah. trying for so long. And so um, I'm a Christian myself. And, and so I was just like, you know what, we'll just pray about it. And we will never be sent anybody like asked to take in any kids that we're not supposed to. Exactly. So we're just going to say yes to all of them. Because uh, we're crazy. Uh, uh, no, I, man, listen, I, like you said, you think outside the box. You know, you you yeah. opened up with, I think, outside the box. And I just think that is just, I, I, you yeah. know, I'm kind of stuck because, again, I'm an adopted child. And I know that I don't know what my life would have been like if it had not been for Catherine and James. But I swear yeah. my life is has been beautiful because of yeah. these folks saying, I want her. I, I yeah. want this little girl right here. And, you yeah. know, and that's. That's exactly what it comes down to, right? Like yeah. every single time anything has come up, because I'm not saying it's not hard. It's like the hardest thing I've ever done, regardless of how badly I wanted to be a mom. Kids are kids. Kids are, <laughs> oh tough. my God. And right? honey, I was a talker. And, and, same. <laughs> and, and so for me, it always come, came down to, what, I think I'm just really stubborn, but at the same time, I never want anyone to feel unwanted. Yeah. I'm like, even when it's really, really hard, I have a very supportive husband and I have an amazing supportive family, even if they are all Republicans. Don't matter. You gotta love them anyway, right? <laughs> right. Like we're family, family first, you know? Um, that's like our motto. And so I just when things are really, really difficult and they do, I'm just stubborn. I was just like, no, like I'm never going to be that person mm -hmm. that made them feel unwanted. I, love I will it. suck it up. I will do the research. I will figure out how to help them. I will figure out how to be a better mom I love they, it. Uh, so I can actually connect and relate so they we can hear each other, you know? Um, so, and so, we, so we only did sibling groups, which okay. is why we've had so many, because we've only been licensed for five years. So That's we a did long sibling time. Groups. Yeah. <laughs> It's long for average. I feel like it's gone by. It feels like it's been like, I don't know, six months. But um, so anyway, we always did sibling groups because my husband's really close with his siblings. My siblings are my best friend. Like they all live within like a mile of us. Mm -hmm. We all still live in Westfield. And, That's um, great. and so I just never wanted to break siblings up. And so that became our thing. We're like, we're only going to do sibling groups. So all of my kids are biologically related to at least one other kid in the household, except for our current um, our current baby, she's 13 and she is not from a sibling group. And the reason we ended up with her was one, you have limitations to how mm -hmm. many kids you could take mm -hmm. in. You, each kid has to have so many square feet mm -hmm. per house. And so after we got to four, we only had the space for one more. And we weren't even open to taking new kids when we, when she came into our lives, the reason we we brought her in was because we already knew her. Mm -hmm. um, so when she entered the system, she's my niece's best friend. And I Got practically it. raised my niece Got from it. a very young age. So we already knew her. And so we were like, she's not going to a stranger's house. Right. Like she already knows us she's right. coming here. Um, and so she was reunified uh, successfully with her dad. And Excellent. then about a year after that, he reached out to us and was just like, 
I think you and Josh are what's best for my baby. Will you guys adopt her? I so she it. just moved back in in June. So we're it. now in process that, of adopting her. That's an amazing, that's amazing story. Um, and, and all the love and, and affection. But I mean, and I know that as you're running for council and you don't actually have a lot of input on this um, as a counselor, but as someone who cares for children and has children and, and will be the guardian and the spokesperson for children um, and in Hamilton County, how are you as a parent dealing with the school board book banning uh anti-trans you know uh aspect of what the heck's going on up in hamilton county yeah yeah um it, it's such a confusing time i don't understand i i honestly don't understand what some people don't understand like you're <laughs> you're moving books that you feel are not appropriate for your children or any children whatever i'll just let that one go let's just say you're 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 moving books that you feel are not appropriate for your children and so you're moving them into the adult section that is literally made for books that are not appropriate for your children you then send your children to that section because no one's monitoring that my 12 year old can walk to the adult okay. section and grab the book and kids ain't so stupid like, Kids know how to get around everything. And and part of me is kind of like, are we are we really to the point where we're 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 trying to prevent them from reading? Like I can't I like have to like pay them to read. Like right. now you're making it even more difficult for them to read. Why right. are we making the things you want them to do more difficult? Exactly. I mean it's like we want to get the, the devices out of their hands and get them into reading. And no, 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 we're not gonna do that. No, we don't we don't want any parts of that. Does that make any sense to anybody? No. I know. No. I know. And my teenagers are all like, Mom, I mean, they're so like blase about it. They're like, Mom, it's not a big deal. I just look, I just get any book I want off of Amazon and read it electronically anyway if I wanted a book. <laughs> See, which is which is so crazy. But here's the thing. The public library is for those that maybe can't buy. Like, you know, know. you're I know what you're saying. And, and like, I know me and you, we can, you know, obviously go and get a book. But there's always those kids who yeah. whose parents yep. can't afford that. And that's what the yep. library I, my my partner, my, my girlfriend, Nicole, you know, mm -hmm. she would tell me like that was her way of occupying time was going to the public yeah. library. You know, mom yeah. was working all the time and, and it was just a way for her to get lost in herself and now we're yeah. taking that away and they're actually targeting books designed for teens i, don't, okay. I know it's it's just honestly I, I hate to say this is a waste of our our conversation but at the same time like it's a political maneuver of meant to keep us talking about this to keep us divided and de uh, divisive and not on the same page and keep us arguing so it's like us versus them and it's that is the attempt. It's the only yeah. logical explanation because it is pure and utter nonsense that you have people that are elected to the position. So it's not their expertise. It's not what not they do all. for a living going in and telling experts with what they do for a living that you're wrong. You're doing it. I can do it better. See me and you should be homies. I can tell right now. Me and you should be homies. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Indiana's own Dana Black. I am talking to Alexis Lowry, who is running for Westfield City Council District 4. Guys, I'm fired up. She got me fired up. <laughs> Click on her donate link. Donate to her campaign. Every dollar counts. And she, she you know, whatever she needs, just, just donate five, ten dollars, whatever you can. Donate to her account. All right, I kind of interrupted you. Keep talking about how you, well, how, how did you get here? How did you oh. end up wanting to run for office? Uh, okay, so the truth, <laughs> I it. would not give you the truth, but the, the honest to God answer is my husband. He's the reason for everything. He's annoying. Mm -hmm. He's adorable. I love him to death. Annoying and fault. adorable. That's what Nicole uh -huh. says about me, I think. <laughs> it's, it's totally his fault. It's his fault and my kid's fault, honestly, because, um, this was never, part of my plan, right? I mean, none of, none of my life has ever been a part of my plan. I'm just okay. like a puppet on a string. Um, I love it. it. It never goes the way, but I always, I'm very good at finding the opportunity and the obstacle, like very, very good. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, where's the opportunity in this? Right, right. Um, because life never goes as planned, like ever. At least it has it for me. So my husband is, he ran for state Senate in 22. And I know your husband. Uh-huh. I've okay. met you before. Yeah. <laughs> I met you at, wait a minute. Um, I was typing your last name in. I'm like, 
I'm not trying to talk to Josh. I'm good. I'm not trying to, yes. talk, to, I'm not trying to talk to him. Okay. Yes. I, I, yeah. You know, I thought maybe it was just a cold ink a dink. I mean, you know. Nope. All no, right. It's it's all him. So he ran for state senate last year, mm-hmm. and I am very. I was raised in a very Republican household. Fox News on all the time, Oof. and so it just. I had a very. I don't. When I believe in something and I learn about something, I am all in. Like I go, I go in and I I rewrite the script and I do it better and bigger than anybody else, or I don't even look at it. So like, there's an ongoing joke in my family that I'm right about everything, and I'm like, no, I just don't talk about things I don't get. Like, I hello, to, like, really... I stay in my lane. Yes, I stay in my lane. So for so my experience growing up, politics was always very. My dad was always so angry and he was always like yelling and, and so-and-so is an idiot. And, and I just don't do negative at right. all. Like I'm like, right. stay away from me. I don't need that negative energy around me. I don't want the negative energy. I just, I don't do negative. Okay. Again, overflowingly full positive person over here. So I just didn't pay attention. I was, I was blissfully unaware of what was going on. Okay. And my husband is adorable and I'm madly in love with him. And mm-hmm. I have been since the day I laid eyes on him. I'm going to try not to cry talking about my husband. Uh. Um, and so when he ran for office, I was, he asked me, you know, he's like, Hey, what would you think about me running for office? And I was like, Oh God, please. I'll give you somebody else to talk to po- about with politics. <laughs> like, like I was all in, like, please go bore somebody else with this information. <laughs> um, and then he was gone all the time and he was always door knocking and I just missed my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I asked him one night, I was like, can I go with you tomorrow? And he said, you want to go door knocking with me? And I said, yeah. And he's like, you hate politics. And I go, I know, but I miss you and I love you. And so I just, I just want to be in your presence. Right. Uh-huh. So, so the kids stayed home, did their friend thing. And I went door knocking with him and, and we went every single night by ourselves, just me and him hitting the pavement. And so that was the first time I learned two things. One, I am not the weird one. He's totally the weird one. Okay? I'm, I'm not alone. Most people know nothing about politics. Right? That, well, yeah, I've been told. I've been told I'm a little... Most people are blissfully unaware. Okay, because he was running for a state-level position. And when he would ask people what their concerns were, they would either talk about local stuff or national stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was Potholes. the local stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it was the local stuff that kind of hit home for me uh, because Mm. I was born and raised here. Like, I love Westfield. Like, I don't honestly, at the end of the day, I don't really bleed red or blue. I bleed green, like seriously, like Like, I love this city. The only reason I am running for council is because I'm running for council in Westfield. I love it. Okay. Okay. And so when we were going door to door and I was hearing local sayings that was the first time where i really started talking about political whatever issues um and my husband said you should run for council <laughs> and i laughed and i was like oh okay <laughs> me whatever and he's like no i'm serious and i'm like you flashed your mind i don't know anything about politics and he's like you don't need to know anything about politics he's like we have enough people that know things about politics westfield needs somebody that loves and cares about Westfield yes. that doesn't have a political agenda yes <laughs> he's like you're the perfect person to run for council he's not and wrong i and i love and respect my husband more than any wife could possibly ever love and respect their husband he always has my back he's always my biggest supporter my biggest cheerleader he's always telling me when i'm wrong and encouraging me to do things when i don't think i can not that that happens very often but mm-hmm, it does mm-hmm. um and so when he was like i think you'll be great and i'll help you and i've got a team of people that will also get behind you and, and help you learn the things you need to learn i was like okay so what do i do <laughs> and he just was like well, we got to go file the registration and everything. And I was like, all right. So, I love it. So that's that's how he got me. Um, and and then the second half of that is my kids. Okay. And actually, I have a little, I have a story about this that will okay. kind of help people. Tell me. Um, you got me riveted. I'm over here like, wow. <laughs> I love, so, first of all, I, I'm, a, I'm a hopeless romantic as well. And so I love a good love story. So continue to, to continue to give your man flowers. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> with, with so much hate and dysfunction no. in the world to hear how much you adore him. That's mm. come on. So let's, okay. I, I'm waiting for another fun kid like story. A whole nother, that's like a whole other podcast. Right? Because I could literally like, I'm like, 
it's weird to me when people complain about their husbands and stuff. I'm like, he's not your best friend. Like, wait, what do you mean a girl's trip? What's that? Like, I want to go on a trip with my husband. Well, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Now, I, I, I do like my my partner is like my best friend too. Like, she, I had a buddy that that was staying with me for a little while, and she was like, "Do y'all wake up at six o'clock in the morning talking about politics?" Because we are so alike, but yet so different. But I still mm-hmm. have to have my occasional homeboy trip where boo yeah. you go do your thing and i go do my thing and then let's come back and talk about how much fun we had see i, yeah. I do yeah. get that part so but anyway yeah i i think for me because we have so many kids now that i don't need the break from my husband i need to like i need my one-on-one time with Got my husband because we had 10 years of it just me and him wow. so we had i mean we're great communicators like we're always on the same page and now all of a sudden it's like wait you're doing what tonight wait like, when did, did you tell me about that? Um, and so it's like a little bit of PTSD. That's <laughs> all right. My husband go. Uh, anyway, so the the second reason why um, I was running, I said, was because of my kids. And uh, I'll try to get through this without crying. Um, so last yesterday morning, my thirteen year old asked if we could do something. Two mornings ago, she asked if we could do something tomorrow, which was yesterday. Because it was the last day of summer. So today okay. was my kid's first day of okay. school. Okay. And I was like, oh, baby, I would love to, but I got to go canvassing. And and her response to that was, well, of course you do. <laughs> and she walked off. And it hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I just, I was like, I'm sorry. And I left and I went canvassing because I had people waiting on me and volunteers right. waiting right. to go with me. And when I got home that night, we had dinner. And then I was like, Mel, come here. And I said, why do you think I am running for city council? And she's like, I don't know. Uh And I was like, I'm running for city council because of you. And Mm. she's like, what? And I was like, I'm running for city council for all of my kids and all of everybody else's kids that live in this city. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I love the emotion. The passion is your passion is coming out, sis. Keep coming with it. So for me, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone here, but it's, it, I feel like it's an added layer because it took me so long to have kids mm-hmm. and I've adopted teenagers and I've had what my oldest is 16. I adopted her a year ago and she's a junior in high school. And so when she goes off to college, if she wants to come back home, there's nowhere for her to move. There's no attainable mm-hmm. housing for a first time a home buyer yeah. in Westfield or anybody else's kids. Yeah. And everyone's complaining about how Westfield's losing its hometown feel. Hometown feel has nothing to do with size. It right. has to do with the fact that the people you love most are near you and they're right. here and this is their home also. That's what creates a hometown feel. Yeah. The reason I love Westfield so much outside of it being an amazing city my grandparents live here. My parents live here. All my siblings, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my kids, my nieces, my nephews. That's what creates the hometown feel. They can all afford to live here. And luckily for me, since I've been here for 40 years, my whole family's grandfathered in. Right. Half right. of them would not be able to live here if they left and moved. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. That's real talk. So I'm like, I am, I am running because I am not ready and my kids aren't ready for me specifically to be done with me. I've I've had a year or two with them. I've had five at the most mm-hmm. with the youngest ones, right? Mm-hmm. My oldest, mm-hmm. my youngest. Um, and so there are some things that could be being done better in Westfield to make sure that we honor our history and and grow smartly and conserve green space and how a mixed use facilities where you have people of different incomes and different lifestyles could all come together. So we, I mean, we are so separated Mm -hmm. and we keep putting up all these separated, like, okay, the really rich people are over here and the medium rich people are here and there's no room for anything under either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that's a, that's a very good point that you were making because um, I remember the first time I went to Atlanta and like did like the tour of um, MLK's, you know, Ebenezer church in the neighborhood. And one of the things about black communities before, um, you know, because of redlining, all black people, 
lived in the same neighborhood. So you would have the doctors, lawyers, principals, and teachers alongside the the mailman, garbage man, um, and 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 so everybody got to, everybody was in the same community. That's what you're talking about. That was a yeah. thing that was forced on us. But that's what you're talking about, where everybody yeah. could come together. And it's it's adding to the divisiveness. Yes, the way things are done right now, because what's what's you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So that's why we're so separated because hardcore Republicans tend to hang out with other Fox News mm -hmm, watching hardcore mm -hmm. Republicans. And the reverse is also true, right? Like that's just you you associate around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. But if you do that too much and you never allow anybody else in from different walks of life, different experiences, different educations, different viewpoints, you get what we have today, mm. right? And so you have all of these people in a certain neighborhood. They're like, that's not a problem here because they don't know it's a problem because they're associated with a bunch of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And the, the other people on the other side of the block, that's like, why don't we have this? Why don't we have that? And they're like, oh, you should pull yourself up from the bootstraps yeah. and make it happen. And yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it's like, all okay, the, yeah. spoken like somebody that had every advantage and resource ever provided to you. I love it. Like, I love it. And see, I, I, I hear your conversation. And what I'm hearing you say is that we need more affordable housing. And you're not phrasing, because a lot of people hear affordable housing, they hear government-assisted housing, or they hear low-income housing. But affordable housing yeah. is affordable at whatever income level you are at. And if you don't right. have affordable housing at every income level in your community, your community is either going to struggle or become this really elitist place where you have to ship yeah. in people to do the work that you don't want to do. Because yep. you, you, yep. Want people, we, you want people to cook in your restaurants, but they can't actually yep. afford to live in your neighborhood. Thank you. And that's exactly what's happening right now in Westfield. We have all of these new fast food restaurants going up, right? But there's no housing that somebody that would work in a fast food restaurant would live in. And then you have all these super entitled people that are PO'd because it takes them three hours to get their cheeseburger because nobody wants to work anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding? Nobody wants to work anymore. Like, let's, like, let's just completely negate what the employment rates are and are okay because literally <laughs> they are looking for employees under rocks right now like it's just yeah. what are you talking about i know i know so i'm like okay so you want people to drive here to work at a burger king because they can afford the gas and why would they pass seven other burger kings on the way to our burger king exactly and so we know we don't want public transportation up in hamilton county oh no there's a brick wall between marion county and hamilton county no public transportation right? because the, the robbers the thieves are going to break into your house and steal your 70 inch mm -hmm. flat screen television and carry it home on a bus yep and and then on top of it so the, the other side to that is we don't, we don't have a walkable city. Oh, so really? even though there are some people here, mostly the ones that got grandfathered in or like my teenagers that would love to work but don't have cars yet, they're the ones that need to fill those positions, but they don't have a way to get there. So I'm hmm. the transportation. And so our our the way our landscape is is created right now, it's so sprawled out instead of developing like a vibrant downtown mm -hmm. and having one dense area and keeping our farmland farmland. Mm -hmm. um, they have everything sprawled out so much that you have to get in a car mm -hmm. and drive across town to get to everything. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to have a parent working from home that can do that for mm -hmm. you. That's added cars to the road, which is breaking down our infrastructure, making us have to do more and more repairs on the roads. We don't have the commercial tax base to support it. So we keep building more houses, which increases the need because it puts more and more cars on the road and it increases our need for more police officers and more firefighters. But nobody wants their taxes raised. They don't want businesses to come here because like it's like well, businesses are 3%, residential are 1%, and we're 90% residential and wow. like 10% commercial. That is part of balance. Wow. We need to be being a welcoming, vibrant, yeah. kind city where businesses want to put their headquarters yeah. so we can offload that tax burden from the residents. We can afford to add more police officers and more fire trucks and firefighters and ambulances. We can afford to keep up with the infra infrastructure of our roads and sidewalks and streets and preserve our green space and See, make it walkable. I did not realize that you hit on something significant right there. The residency of Westfield is 90%, but the business 
infrastructure is only 10%. That means most of the people that live in Westville are commuters. And um, Hamilton County, y'all keep commuting into Marion County to go to work, but y'all don't contribute to any of our tax base over here. I'm not going to complain. Yes, I am. I'm always complaining. I'm always complaining. So you drive your, your cars down, mess up my roads, be mad about Indianapolis roads. Plus, we know the, the funding formula is is a mess. That, but it se- you're right. It seems there's a problem with the fact that you're Chamber of Commerce hasn't been doing what they need to be doing to attract businesses to Westfield. Is that something that you want to work on? Um, and do you have like any ideas that you want to implement uh, as a councilman or to something to think about? Honestly, the, the first place you start is respect and collaboration. Mm. The reason businesses aren't coming here is because we have so much infighting. We've had people actually want to bring their headquarters here and leave because they were like, if the the local government is that much of a hot mess, we don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. So they left and took their business elsewhere. And so until like, why would somebody want to set up shop where all we're doing is calling each other names and fighting mm. with each other mm. like that doesn't give the vibe of like they've got their stuff together they mm-hmm. enjoy being here they enjoy life we should want to bring more employees into the city like it just and, and people also don't understand how things are paid for they think it's all from like your property taxes mm-hmm. the other part of how we fund the public services that we have which but police and fire are public mm-hmm. services is from our local income tax but since most people don't work here we're we're adding to parmel's local income uh, tax spending our there so they've got all this great stuff because westville people keep going there to spend their money because there's nothing to spend your money on well, here. See then, i thought the income tax went to the, the to the oh it goes to the county you li- i thought it went to the the county you live in right but are you you're saying that okay they're you're getting the income tax in the county but it's because they spend their disposable income in carmel it none of that revenue is coming back to westville you don't have a sales you're not you're not generating any money from sales tax right right so the the food and beverage sales tax i think is what it's called yeah i, I might have the wording mixed that's up all right. I'm still that's all right i just want to make sure stuff. we was on the same page yes yeah yeah and so that is like our biggest like revenue driver Mm -hmm. but we're most people especially like young families they want to like have nightlife they want to walk around stuff they go to the cities next to us i'm getting this information from going door to door by the way so this is just like stuff i'm making up off the top of my head i ask people where do you spend your money what do you do on the weekends and everybody leaves westfield and goes and spends their money in the neighboring city so they're benefiting from our money that we're making yeah we're spending it in another city and they are benefiting from that because there's nothing to spend it on here. Wow. I mean, there is, but you 10%. have I mean, already, <laughs> already two big things. You want to in, in, improve uh, affordable housing and you want to attract businesses to your community. Normally I ask people, what are your three things? But you are dropping dimes, sis. You are dropping dimes. What other, what other area of concern are you seeing in Westfield that you want to address as councilwoman? Honestly, my biggest thing is the collaboration piece. I don't understand why um, our local government has been so red for so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most successful businesses in the world prioritize a diverse board of directors for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're the most successful companies. It's important to have different viewpoints. Like you don't learn anything new sitting around the exact same people all the time. Mm. That's how you become ignorant. And but they're safe. I, they feel safe that way. And that's what, it, that's, you know, that's why we they need feel. DEI, because if you don't explore what's outside of yourself, you mm-hmm. won't realize that you'll be safe no matter where you go. And stop listening to dumbass people. Uh, sorry. Uh, listen to dumb people talk about what's happening in another community they've never even been in. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, that for me is like number one, like I, I am a friendly person. I don't care where people align politically. I don't care if you are an atheist or a Christian or a Mormon or a Jew. Like that does that has zero impact on how I treat you. And it just doesn't. Like I hug everybody. Even if you're not a hugger, I'm like, sorry, you're not a hugger. My bad. I'm a hugger. <laughs> um, oh my God. Like I yeah. So I just I'm trying to do what I can in my community 
to bring people back together. We have so much more in common than not. Yeah. You know, it's always the loudest people on both ends. that gives like the entire group a bad name. But when I go door to door, I was actually just pulling the numbers today. Just like how many doors doors have I knocked on? How many people have actually told me to get lost? And I say it right out of the gate. I say, hi, my name is Alexis. I'm a Democrat running for Westfield City Council. I have knocked on almost 3,000 doors already. There's only just over 4,000 in my district, by the way. So I'm planning on hitting every door. Come on, every door. Yeah, I'm going to every door because when I win, my vote is going to affect every single person that lives in Westfield, whether you voted for me or not. So I don't care. I don't go to your door and go, are you a Republican or a Democrat? I know what you are. I want to know what you care about. I want to know what you like about Westfield. I want to know what you think Westfield could be doing better. I want to know what you want from me as your next city councilwoman, because that is how we create a community that everybody can thrive in. It's listening to one another, learning from one another, and not making a split-second judgment because you heard the word Democrat or Republican. So so I'm going to every door. And out of the 3,000 doors I've been to, I have been to 18. So less than 1% of the people have refused to talk to me. Wow. And not all of them did I even get Democrat out of my mouth. There are some people, as soon as they see you and they see any sort of like political-ish mm-hmm. mm-hmm. jargon at all, they're like, no, thanks. And they just shut the door. They don't even give you the opportunity. And at first, I took that as in they're a Republican. And then one day I was like, hold on a second. Every time I talk to a Democrat, the Democrat always thinks they're the only one. They're like, oh my gosh, you mean there's two of us? Yeah, like the yeah, amount of time yes. that joke, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so I was like, wait a minute. Why would I make the assumption that the person slamming the door in my face is a Republican? If every Democrat thinks they're alone, wouldn't the person be assuming that I'm a Republican and not a Democrat? Hmm. If 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 I'm if they are the ding. only Democrat that exists in Westfield, why would they think I'm a Democrat? Ding ding ding. They think ding. the Republicans come into their door. Ding ding. So, right. And so I said on one of them that was as the door was getting slammed, I was like, I'm a Democrat. If it helps. And she reopened the door and she goes, You what? See. And I said, I, I'm a Democrat. And she was like, Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. You have no idea, Alexis, how many times I have traveled this state and talked to communities and been like, I need you to be to stand up and be a proud Democrat. You never know. Every every county I've gone to, I'm like, oh, there's no I thought I was the only one because you don't get out and talk to nobody. Thank you. I would would like to thank you for being a prime example of the, the things I've been talking about for six. Yes, I'm patting myself on the back right now. I'm patting myself on the back. Thank you for being a prime example of everything that I've been telling people when I travel around this state. Be proud. Stand up. Be a Democrat because you never know. And here you are proving me absolutely positively right. Thank you. Go ahead with your story, though. I just, I just feel like if you're not proud of who you are, like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Ooh, 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 ooh. That almost goes back to what me and you talked about earlier today. I'm not even going to mention it, but I'm just right. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? See? Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving it. I love it. um, So I'm just like, this is me. I don't, I don't need you to like me. I don't need you. I like myself plenty. Trust me. Like I'm good. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't need people. I'm just kind of a foster mom. Come on. Like, you know, sign up to be a foster mom because kids are like so thankful that you like save them. Like, no, they're, they hate your guts. Right. Like, like, Especially teenagers. You, 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 you starting with teenagers. It, it can only go downhill from there. <laughs> Somebody asked me, like, what makes you think like you have to have a really thick skin? And because I cry because I'm a, I'm an emotional person, they're like, oh, you have really thin skin. No, I don't. I I cry happy tears yeah. when things make me happy. If you don't like me, cool, you're lost. Right. Uh, tell them again. Say it. Say it again. I'm amazing. Hello. I'm and amazing. on top of that, everybody has tear ducts. Last time I checked, and that's they. they there yeah. are some people who are born without tear ducts. But for the most part, mm-hmm. most of us are born with tear ducts. Therefore, tears yeah. should come out of the tear ducts. There is nothing yeah. wrong with tears. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's passion. So, uh, yeah. I'm, that is definitely a word that has been described to me many, <laughs> me many times. Passionate. Um, I just don't do things I don't, I'm not passionate about. Like, what's right. the point of doing it if you don't love it? Uh, 
So anyway, so I'm I am loving it. I was gonna say something. I lost my train of thought. That's so okay. Me and you, we we already knew earlier today that we could we was just gonna go and have a good time today. You know, that's yeah. all. All right. Well, let me lead you somewhere. You know, um, okay. Once you win, we talked about the things you want to work on, but there's always that one that I understand the collaboration, but we got to dig into some nitty gritty, gritty and some policy because we already know that the council is the fiscal body of the, the, the municipality. Yeah. What is the first thing that you hope to work on, whether you are an author or a co-author on? What's that first that first ordinance? Um, oh, first ordinance. Mm-hmm. We, we gotta we, I don't, we gotta talk brass tacks. We gotta do it. I don't know if I have an ordinance off the top of my head, but my first two things I want to accomplish when I get in there is I'm going to be a strong vote yes on the parks and rec board. Okay. We don't have one. That is Oh wait, you're gonna be voting on whether or not to get a parks and rec board? Oh yeah. Yeah, our current council voted no. What? And we <sighs> without a parks and rec board, we are not able to apply for grants from the federal government mm -hmm. where they just like literally it's free money we just need a parks and rec board so they can give it to us uh -huh. so we can improve parks and rec and the green space and stuff and right now our taxpayer dollars are paying for it so by voting no you're you're actually not being a good steward of taxpayer mm -hmm. dollars right you're not being conservative financially at all you were saying, no, thanks. I don't want the free money. Well, it's um, not really free money. It's our money. I, I mean, right. But I, but it's it's money that we've given to the federal government. And if other communities are getting it, why shouldn't we get our share? That's how I man. Come on. Come on. So that and then also we have an uh, intersection that's a problem at 161st Street in the Monon Trail. Mm -hmm. And it's an issue. And that needs to become a tunnel because it's just very confusing and I'm not going to name names or throw anybody under the bus, but there's no tunnel there and there needs to be a tunnel okay. there for the safety of the community. Nobody should have to risk their life crossing the street. Uh, uh, no. Whether or not you think they're stupid doesn't matter. It's confusing because every intersection along the Monon Trail is different. Mm -hmm. And you have some drivers that are being polite and stopping when they shouldn't and telling bikers to go on and the other driver coming the other direction is following the laws of the road and don't know that the other person stopped when they shouldn't have and so they're going and so then all of a sudden you have a kid on a tricycle in the middle of the road and you're about to knock him over with your vehicle um and so it doesn't matter if we think people aren't stupid and if they just use the system correctly it wouldn't be a problem the same people saying that are also the same people that went against ndot's recommendation when they said this is not going to work this is going to be a problem this should be a tunnel oh so they hard-headed yes mm. certain people think that they know better than the experts mm. and make decisions based on saving money right now even though now that this is going to get approved eventually down the line anyway because none of them got reelected um during the primary it's going to get fixed anyway now it's going to cost even more money because you waited right 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 like it always costs more the longer you wait we yeah. need to start being proactive and stop being reactive to every situation and what's the second we thing? need some moms and what's we the... need some moms up there come on moms what, what, what's the second thing the the tunnel parks and rec parks and, and rec the okay i'm sorry you were so good i i was one i want more i want you to give me more like i am so into you right now i am so feeling okay, it okay okay i there is one ordinance um i have to still do some digging to figure out the whys and if we can change it and what the issues are exactly but um, something that's come up a couple of times at people's doors that their concerns are on. They have ponds in their backyard mm -hmm. and there's an ordinance currently that they can only be three feet deep. And because of that, we've added so many more people. The ponds are, we're getting backflow mm -hmm. and they're like coming up and flooding properties. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be deeper. deeper. So that's something that I need to look into because that's right. something that, more than one yeah um, yeah you're gonna need an issue on yeah you're gonna need an environmental engineer on that one and 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 uh uh urban you know so yeah yeah but i love i love how you're taking the information that you're getting from door knocking and applying it to how you look at things that that to me is the essence of a really good public servant and a great politician
that was really hard for me actually because right out of the gate they're like okay what's your platform and i'm like i don't know i haven't knocked on any doors yet like there was mm. literally they were like no people need to know what you're gonna do and i'm like i'm gonna do what they want me to do i love like, it i, I mean like, I like literally it. you so are... I really want to go to every single door I whether you it. like me or not whether you vote for me or not i need to know what you want so i know what you want me to do with a public servant position. It's not a Alexis knows everything and, and I'm in charge and you do what I say. Like, I'm not power hungry here. I'm trying to literally make the community better. Like, I, I can't do that by myself. I love it. I love it. Indiana's own Dana Black turn left. We are talking to Alexis Lowry, who is running for Westfield City Council District 4. Man, the time has come to an end, but I'm you brought me so much joy tonight. I would like to thank you for blessing me with all this fabulous energy. Very seldom do I meet anybody that matches my energy and you matched it. You, you exceeded it. You are that and then some. You are that and a bag of chips. All right. Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, man. Um, AlexisForWestfield.com is my website. You can follow me on Facebook at AlexisForWestfield or on Instagram, Alexis the number four Westfield. So Facebook, it's spelled out F O R Instagram. It's the number four. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm on a few other things too, but it's not super active because we weren't getting as much traction there. So basically Facebook and Instagram. I love it. And do you have it? And you're, you're door necking and canvassing every day, correct? Every day, every single door. I'm, I'm, I don't go past. And also just throwing it out there. If your door says no soliciting, I'm not soliciting. So I still knock. If you don't want to talk politics, Friendly advice, I would add no politics. Exactly. I, I remember I remember I was not door knocking in uh, McCordsville and somebody called the police on me uh, yeah. and, and the police were like, well, there's no soliciting. I said, sir, I'm not soliciting. I'm canvassing. And I said, yeah. do you think a politician would pass a law that wouldn't allow them to talk to their neighbors? <laughs> and then I, because because I was prepared for the police, because, you know, you know, yeah canvassing while black uh, uh yeah. i actually uh asked them i said do you live in the neighborhood can i get your vote so i literally mm -hmm. turned their whole interaction into uh a pitch yeah. so yeah i actually uh i met with all the department heads of the city and i did it an entire day shadowing the police department mm -hmm. so the one time the police got called on me it was so i'm sorry it was so comical though because i was trying to explain to her like i'm not doing anything wrong and she's like it's private property and i'm like yeah, every property is private property that i knock on like what are you talking about <laughs> chick right it's not special so she called the cops on me and the cop that showed up I, so i had just met shadowing the department the, the day before and he was like oh no, that's what doing. so I'm maybe like, it's, 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 it's maybe it wasn't just a black thing it was just canvassing with high energy yeah yeah, yeah i was like okay oh <laughs> uh, but anyways it was funny because they showed up and they knew exactly who i was and they were like do your thing you're fine i'll take care of it i, was I like, love Thank it you. well you have been a joy and you are a, your light your light shines bright continue oh, to oh. keep that light even through all the adversity that you've gone through oh, obviously is. you have a strong family i love josh uh, i i apologize for not you know i'm an old lady i, I see lots of people i ain't gonna lie but dude, i dude i I get it now. I'm knocking on every yeah. door. Every time I go anywhere, I'm like, do I know them? Right. And then, and I literally looked at your name and I was like, I feel like I know that name, but it's like, no, nah, I'm not trying to talk to I came up and introduced myself to you at the event in downtown Indianapolis a couple of months ago, the Democrat. Um, what was that? You were, somebody was speeching, uh, uh, the mayor of Indianapolis was doing his speech and you were like, H.H. Yeah, dinner. H.H. Yeah. dinner. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's I it. And I was energy. hyped that night. I was hyped. But you are awesome. I wish you the absolute best of luck. And I do believe that you are going to win. Your your energy is infectious. Like I said, I very seldom meet anybody whose energy level matches mine. And you far exceeded. So I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you so much for giving us Thank your time you. tonight. Hang on just one second. Hey, guys, okay. uh, you know me. Trinity Haven is hosting their, their annual homecoming event. Why is this event so important? Unlike Alexis and Josh, who are willing to take in children who need love and affection, we have parents who are tossing their children to the side because they are LGBTQ+. And right now, we only have one residence in our entire state that provides affirming living conditions, affirming living experiences for trans and the rest of our LGBTQ plus youth who are at risk of homelessness. 
or a risk of housing insecurity. We have two distinct programs. One program is that we have a house that houses nine young people for two years. <laughs> we house them for two years. And then we also have a host home program where if you have space in your home for a young person for six months or, you know, or more, then they would be able to come and stay in your home for six months until they can get where they need to be. And so what we do is we raise money so that we can support this plan. This is, it, it costs money. You know, the kids want the high speed internet. They want all the, you know, the stuff. So we want to make sure that we are giving them the tools that they need so they can prepare for independent living down the road. So I put the link in the chat on Facebook. I'll drop it on YouTube. But guys, please buy a ticket if you can. This is a worthy cause. You know, politics is my is my labor of love, but Trinity Haven is my love labor. So will you please consider buying a ticket and supporting Trinity Haven? If you don't want to buy a ticket, will you just donate to Trinity Haven? It is one of it's that organization where we see the policies that they're writing to target our community. We want to show them what love looks like. And that's by opening up our hearts opening up our homes and opening up our wallets to help these young people. All right. Alexis Lowry was everything. Indiana's own Dana Black. Next week, there will not be a show on Thursday at 6 o'clock because we're going to do a special live show from IDEA on Friday at 5 o'clock. So come on. Meet me on the porch. Next Friday, we're going to chop it up. I will remind everybody. I'll do a quick reminder because Thursday night we will be at the Women Kicking Up the Heels event at the winery. So there's no show next Thursday, but I will have a special edition live on location on the porch in French Lick. Turn left. So tune in. Indiana's on Dana Black. I will holler at y'all next week. Peace. Turn Left is the property of Black Girl IT Solutions. Executive producer, Indiana's own Dana Black. Music by www.binsound.com.